Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey, everybody. My name's Max. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's great to be with you again this week. Um, We are in John chapter 12, and we just got done talking about this Uh, theme in the Bible, light and darkness. And if you want to hear about that and haven't yet, go check out the last episode. Uh, But now we are here in John 12. Uh, I guess we stopped in the middle of verse 36 uh, because that's where my Bible breaks it up. Um, And just a reminder while we're on that topic, there are breaks in your Bible for your benefit organizationally. They were not originally there. So I always encourage people, read the before and after when somebody's spitting verses at you, uh, read the before and after so you really understand the context. Sometimes our Bible translations, which a lot of people have put a lot of work into our Bible translations, and they're wonderful, but sometimes they break it up where it's not necessarily supposed to be broken up because it is a continuous thought. But here it is broken up. It makes sense. There is a break. There is a pause. And so we jump in in the middle of verse 36, where it says, when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed? What he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So there's a lot of things going on here, but the wild thing is that a And I know I've brought this up before, but there were prophecies made hundreds of years before when it comes to the book of Isaiah, which I love the book of Isaiah. Um, There's so many incredible things. So really through the book of Isaiah, um, God changed my heart. Um, The last time I read through the book of Isaiah, all the way through, um, I came to this place where instead of seeing God as this like hard ruler in the Old Testament, I saw God as this like, it's like he gave me eyes to see his heart in in the text, if that makes sense. And as he's saying these things at the beginning of Isaiah that may sound kind of harsh, I just saw a the heart of a broken, like a brokenhearted father who was leading his people and who had provided for his people, but they just continued to do whatever they want and, and not live the healthy way that God lined, that laid out for them. And so the book of Isaiah is incredible. If you are in a place where you're like, man, I don't know where to read in the Bible right now. 
man, pick up Isaiah. Um, let him bless you. Let him change your perspective, um, maybe on who God is um, and see him in a different light. I encourage you to put on the lenses of, man, God is our father and um, it breaks his heart when we live in ways that are unhealthy to us Um, because he created us to love him, to be lovers, to love him and to love the people around us. But Isaiah is incredible, but it was written 700 years before Jesus was was born, before the day of his birth. And, And so there are so many exact details and it's so wild and interesting that that people weren't believing at this time simply to fulfill scripture so that Jesus could come and accomplish what he came to accomplish and this is once again proof that in all of history from the creation of the world all the way up to the point of the cross it was all building to this moment this monumentous moment of grace and love and mercy poured out on humanity and all of time from the cross is just flowing from from that place that that moment of grace and mercy and love poured out on the on the cross and through his resurrection right that the life that comes after the cross is is the life that Jesus provides. And so many people choose to live in death instead. Um, so it shows sort of this pivotal moment in, in our history of human beings that the cross is. That 700 years before this prophet was, even if you look at it from a historical point of view, like if you have faith, take your faith out of it. Um, maybe you don't know Jesus and, and, and you don't walk with him and maybe you're just exploring this stuff. And from a historical basis, from a, uh, from a historical point of view, it's incredible that a man walked the earth. Cause these are, uh, this is a compilation of historical documents. And, and those of us who walk with Jesus, we, we know that this is the inspired word of God because we experience it every single morning. Um, we open it. Every day we open it and read it. Like our life is enriched. But if you look at it from a purely historical standpoint, a guy 700 years before said all these things, came up with these detailed, um, these details, this detailed stuff that came to pass hundreds of years later in the person of Jesus, that's hard to deny that there's something going on there, something supernatural. But then it goes on to say that nevertheless, many, even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. I've been, I was talking about this with a friend the other day, how, how much we rely on and depend on the approval of others. And because of it, we just sort of become people pleasers. We want to please people so that we can be seen by people. We have this inherent craving to be seen. And I mean, it affects a lot of what I do. Like there's a wrestling match when you go into your closet in the morning. Like, are you going to put on something functional or something that you're going to be seen by something fashionable? 
Um, and some of you are like, man, I don't, I don't care. Like I wear Crocs. Um, and sometimes people have things to say about that, but I don't care because, because they, they're comfortable. But then other parts of my wardrobe, like I throw on something that, that looks nice that people would be like, oh man, like that guy's got style. Um, but there's that tension, no matter how stylish you are or fashionable, that's just an example. We walk into our closet, we, we walk into certain relational situations and we have this tension. How do I say this thing to this person so that they will be pleased with me? And this is a selfish thought. Um, and it's something that really we have let rule our lives for far too long. And we see evidence of that here in the scripture that I love how in this little chunk of scripture, we see that God has a plan, that God is working, that God is outside of time and space, that things were spoken 700 years before before they actually took place, that there is this greater thing going on, but then there are people in the midst of this great thing going on who are so concerned about what other men and women think about them that they totally miss it, that they totally miss what is really going on here. And so because of that, um, I just want to read Ephesians 1 to you. Um, and maybe some of you are familiar with this and maybe some of you aren't, but in Ephesians one, there is this incredible, uh, it starts off this amazing letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And really we see a lot of our identity here in this place. We can go to scriptures. Like I know a lot of us are comforted by like Psalms 139, where it says you are knit together in your mother's womb, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> but this goes into a little bit more of God's plan for us and the great lengths that he went to for us to experience and walk in the plans that he has for us. So I'm going to read this. I want you to listen uh, intently. I, I, I want you, if, if you can carve out some time to go and read it on your own and then sit in silence afterwards and just listen to what God is saying to you specifically through this. Um, and I just want you to be blessed by this. I want this to shape you. I want this to change your mind. Um, because whether you like it or not, you are in, in either small ways or big ways ruled by the, the approval of man. Um, there are very few people that I run into, um, little rabbit trail here. My brother, um, <laughs> is, I know he's not exempt from this, that, you know, there, there probably are areas of your life, Chris, that, um, you are ruled by, um, the approval of others. But I, I just want to give a shout out to my brother because he has been a huge example in my life of somebody who man, just be who you are. Like even all through high school, he was this, which that is like the time of our life where we are like total victims and prey to the monster that is the approval of others. Like we get devoured and spit out in high school. We try to be people that we're not. 
um, so that people will like us. Like high school is, is a prime time. Um, but for some of us that carries on way, way too far into adulthood where we just so care what other people think of who we are. Um, but thank you, Chris, for being an example of, um, if you're listening, um, for being an example of someone who just doesn't care. And I even had people come up to me, um, in high school who's like, I just don't get your brother. And for that reason, they didn't like him because he was just who he was. Um, and, but that's something that's, that's really admirable. Like be who you are. God created you. He, he crafted your story in a specific way. The things that have happened in your life have shaped you. Um, and those things have happened for a reason so that you are, um, who you are and, and be who you are, be who you are and let God shape you, shape who you are, um, into a person who that specific unique person who is walking in his plan and his purposes for his kingdom. Cause he does have a plan for you. And as we'll read, he has an inheritance. Okay. Enough of that rabbit trail. Um, I'm going to read this. Um, this is Ephesians one chapter three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to him as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of the inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. You were created. You were planned out. Your destiny is to be to the praise of his glory, that you would be a recipient of his love, that you would experience his love, that you would receive his love, his grace, and his mercy through the, Christ, through the cross and through the person of Christ, through Jesus. And through that grace and that mercy and that love poured out on the cross, you receive an inheritance 
and all the heavenly blessings. You, maybe this isn't monetary, right? He, he may choose to bless you um, financially or with stuff, but that's not the kind of blessing that's talked about in scripture. It's the blessing of being saved and redeemed. It says that all would be drawn together and united together in Christ. That instead of being separated from him, lost in the darkness, that you would live life, true life, not wandering around in the darkness, but you would be filled with his spirit, empowered by his spirit to live a life that matters, to live a life that brings flavor to the tasteless parts of this world, to live a life that brings light into the dark places in this world, to be an ambassador of his love and his truth. You have an inheritance, and regardless of what other people think or feel about you, God sees you. He knows you. He's written out a story that you get to be a character in. You get to be one of his beloved because of the beloved. He came and died on a cross because he saw you, because he loves you. He poured out grace on you and mercy and has provided an opportunity for you to experience love and to live in love. He loves you so much. And he sees you every day. We do not need to seek the approval of man when the God who created the universe, who restored and redeemed the world and humanity, sees you, loves you, and knows you. Let's take time this week to meditate on Ephesians 3, on through 14. Let's meditate on this scripture. Let it be on your mind and on your heart. Let it shape your identity in him. You are his child and you have an inheritance in him and you are filled with his spirit to live a life of love. Hey, be blessed this week. I'm praying that that God does a lot of work through this, that he works in your heart and in your mind, and that you are blessed this week. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Uh, We'll talk to you then. Looking forward to it.